Good evening. Today is Monday, October 11th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step are steps eight and nine into action. And our speaker tonight is Chuck K. Thank you, Chuck. Hey, everybody. I've got to apologize. My Wi-Fi went out at home, so I had to jump in my car and run into town where I've got a cell signal. So I, I hope I didn't scare you guys and wondering where your speaker might be for tonight. Um, so I don't have my book. I don't have anything. I just have my phone and I think you can see me, but maybe not. But anyway, <clears throat> so let's talk about step eight and nine. And step eight in particular is, is important because for the first time in our lives, we're going out to the world and we're seeing some of the results of the actions that we have been taking in the previous step. And step number nine in particular is what I've heard referred to as a great emancipator. And what that means is I am leveling my pride by going out into the world and making things right. When I have harmed someone, I'm doing the best job that I can do in fixing that, that wrong. I'm not so concerned in the result of what I'm doing. I'm merely looking to do the best job I can. And I want to be considerate when I'm making amends. Because the last thing I want to do, and what some of us get in the habit of doing, is we're all excited. We've, we've, we've had a lot of good experiences in working the steps. We get excited, and we just want to start talking to people. And many times, if we don't have a sponsor who's been there and done these uh, amends before, what will happen is we may go out in the world and hurt more people by making amends that do not need to be made, bringing up past discussions in a way that is not kind. And remember, you know, what our code is in step 10 is love and tolerance. That's our code. As we work step 10, uh, when we finish eight and nine, um, we're not doing that if we're going out and causing more trouble. And then some other wonderful things happen when we look at the promises. And as we continue to go out in the world and, and set things right, one of the things that I learned is there were a couple of amends that were very painful for me to make. And, and it was difficult for me to make them. And part of the reason they were difficult to make is there was a lot of fear involved. I was afraid how I was going to be judged. I was afraid how someone might react if I brought, bring a statement up or something that I have done in the past. And there were a couple of men's that I was not able to make. There was, there was a person that I had harmed that I would never be able to find them. Um, and then there was a person that died that I had to make an amends in a different way. But even in these fears, these are the very character defects that I need to bring to God so that I can clear up the path. So the first thing I do is when I begin my step eight, I've got a guide, and that's my step four. And a lot of people will have been told and have, have burned their step fours or gotten rid of their step fours and, and done things like that. I never suggest that because the step four is the best starting point to begin cleaning up the wrongs we have done others. 
there may be things that are not on the step four. There may be things that we don't think about or that don't come up, and that's okay. But we can use the step four again to help us um, determine the people that we have hurt. And remember, the step four and step eight are different. Step four has a different purpose. But step eight is just righting the wrongs. Now, my first sponsor was a woman. And I still talk to her quite frequently. And she was kind enough to remind me as a man that the time for making these amends without making the living amends portion on these amends is over. Because let's face it, I've been married to my wife a long time. Lord knows that, that we're married because of her patience and strength and kindness more than mine. And so I've, I've done a lot of wrongs. There was a lot there to be, uh, to ask forgiveness for. But the words came cheap. And the living amends a portion of that step nine is really the, the, the critical part. Because I can continue saying I'm sorry and continue doing the same wrongs. And my words just, they're, they're worthless. So as we begin step eight and step nine and going out into the world, we got to remember that change needs to occur. Well, how do we do that? Well, the steps give us a guide, but as we progress into 10, 11, and 12 and allow them to change us, we've got to be conscious that we're not repeating the same mistakes over and over and then continuing those amends. We need to do that. Don't get me wrong. But the real work that needs to occur is that change where I'm not doing those things anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not yelling at my wife or I'm not, mine was, I would aggravate her. In my mind, that's how I showed love. But in her mind, she didn't like that. And I would never understand why, well, I'm just showing you how much I love you. And she would say, please stop doing that. And I wouldn't stop doing it. And I would say in my mind, you know, you've got to accept me the way I am. And so my sponsor would remind me that, no, that's, that's, that's not what this program is about. The program is about if somebody asks you to stop doing something, then you stop doing it. And that's much more difficult uh, than to just do the same thing over and over and make an amends about it. So then we get to the promises. Now, I really love working with another person. And they, they sometimes, you know, we're, we're a different sort. We don't want to give ourselves credit. We're very difficult on ourselves, more so than we are on other people. We don't want to give ourselves a break. We don't think we've earned or, you know, a lot of us just don't think we're good enough in this world. And I, I completely understand that. But when I'm talking to a sponsee and they're working through their step amends or their ninth step amends, when we get to the promises, that's a question that I want to talk to them about, particularly when we get to the end of the work in terms of getting through the 12 steps for the first time. Because, you know, we never really finished working the steps. And the one that I remember most in my life is that sense of uselessness that I had before program was going away. And it was one of those miracles in program where I really didn't even see it until somebody brought it to my attention. And I've got a really good story with a sponsee that I would like to share 
about the step nine uh, promises and this person's inability to see his progress. And uh, he had a lot of he had a lot of problems with God. He had some things happen to him. He had done some things that he was very ashamed of, and that obviously, you know, had a great impact on his uh, situation with God. And you know, he had just a lot of questions and just, you know, didn't think he's going to get it. And on and on and on the, the story went. And so we were going through. Um, we had finished step 12 and we were talking about his step nine promises and how they were uh, showing up in his life he said I don't see it and I was like you don't see it what do you mean he says I just I just don't think this is happening for me and I said well well let me show you how I think that they are and one of the things I do with sponsees every time we talk I like to say the serenity prayer some kind of prayer because remember, this work is about perfecting and enlarging our spiritual life. And sometimes, including myself, we have a hard time with prayer. Even if we say the word, just sometimes it feels odd or we don't feel a certain way or all of these feelings come up. So one of the things I like to do with all my sponsors is we pray. Particularly before we read the big book or get into something heavy, we pray, even if it's just a serenity prayer. Well, one day I had forgotten, I was in a big rush and we were discussing, we were about to get ready into a chapter and I had a meeting to go to or whatever. And I skipped it and he reminded me, he said, Chuck, we need to pray first. I said, oh yeah, let's just say the prayer and let's continue on. Well, he had forgotten that he'd done that. That's what I directed him to because he didn't want to give himself credit for really anything. But it was funny to me, it was so obvious to me that here was a guy that really struggled with his conception of God, had a lot of questions and a lot of doubt. But yet in a couple of weeks, he was stopping me to make sure that we prayed. That's how I could see the promises happening in his life that he didn't even want to take credit for. So you see, as a sponsor, that's what our job is. Our job is to just share our strength, hope, and experience and identify these with these people that we're working with that are struggling, just like I was. I can't even begin to tell you how many things I struggled with um, when I was, you know, when I was in, in program for a couple of years and just floundering around. <clears throat> so um, that's pretty much it that I have to say on step eight and nine. Now, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm, I don't have my book. I don't have anything that I was going to use to kind of help me with tonight. So I may have seemed a little scattered, but I think those are the main points that I would like to talk about in step eight and nine. And once again, just to kind of finish everything, in addition to clearing up the past, when we look particularly at steps four through nine, My phone just rang. Particularly from steps four through nine, um, those steps are primarily dealt with helping us clear the path. But there's another part that, about those steps that's equally important, and that's it's a skill. It's a skill-building tool. And we need to look at it, I need to look at it, as like swimming, riding a bike, learning hard math, or anything else. 
I need to practice it over and over. And then when we get to step 10, you'll see why that's important. So step eight and nine are very important, particularly in step 10, which we'll use to, you know, for the rest of our lives to keep ourselves clean. Four through nine help us clear away the wreckage of the past. That's how we clean our garage for the first time or for the first time in a long time. But step 10, which is the culmination of four through nine, that's how we keep our garage clean. As things come up in life, life is going to continue to occur. We're still going to have the same problems in life that we've had before program. But the big thing about the steps is it gives us a different way to respond to these problems. And I think that's the wonderful thing about programs. I don't live my life to work these steps. I work these steps so I can live a good life. I can look at myself in the mirror and I can be happy with what I see and who I am. I can look at the people around me in the eye and I don't have to have shame and I don't have to, uh, I feel bad about that. And I can look God in the eye. I can have a relationship with a kind and loving God, a God that's right there with me every step of the way that wants to be inside me with all the crap I've done and says, it's okay. You're forgiven. Let's continue on. Just make sure you forgive others. That's the key. And so that's the, the wonderful thing about uh, step four through nine, but particularly eight and nine. So I think I'm going to beat the clock and I guess, you guys are going to ask questions, perhaps. So I'm going to let y'all have a little bit more time to do that. And I just want to say I really appreciate you guys having this meeting for me to share at. I am so sorry things happened to what they did. I look like I got a spotlight on me. But uh, I'm really glad that I was able to share. So thank you very much. And I am going to mute myself for a moment. Chuck, thank you so, so much. Thank you for everything you had to go through to make it work tonight. We really appreciate it. And yes, we are going to have some questions. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We will now open the meeting for questions for Chuck or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week, steps eight and nine. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. All right, Hillary, can you still be our timekeeper? Awesome, can you set up a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Awesome. All right, who would like to share? Victoria, go ahead. Hi, I'm Victoria W. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and insulin manipulator. Nice to be here tonight. Chuck, thank you so much. I have heard you speak many times. I've never seen you before, so this was a treat. Um, I love right. when I get to put, um, I love when I get to put faces to names. It's really awesome and to voices. Um, I ask this a lot when we, when we have speakers about eight and nine, because I'm always looking for a new perspective. So my, I have a question, how you work with sponsees 
trying to really tease out what are harms that were caused versus what are things we might think we've harmed other people, but we don't actually know. Um, and just, I guess, context would be that I, I'm used to being so self-centered that I assume that anything I do must harm someone um, because I'm so powerful. And I think part of this process just to also get out of that um, mindful thinking. So I'm curious if you have any experience, strength and hope around that with working with others. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for that question. I'm trying to get the light where you can see me, but I'm doing the best I can. As far as harms done to others, you know, one of the things we do is overthink. And then we get emotion involved. And we know that's kind of a, you know, the thing that, that really gets us in our eagerness to, to go out there and do something. And so when we're looking at harm, a lot of what happened to me is I, I was a coward. You know, I'd, I'd have all these things going in my mind about different people, but I never let them know it. I never, my in, let me just say my in-laws. I had so much stuff going on with my poor in-laws. I don't think I ever said a word to them to let them know how I felt on the inside. And so that's where it's important to speak to someone else about it. That's the key. That's the action that you take. Because the last thing I needed to do was let my in-laws know for sure how much I felt dislike or whatever it was, because it wasn't really true. I was just struggling with my own pride and ego and all of those things. But had I gone to them and talked to them about things that they had no ideas that I even felt, that's not what this program is about. You know, I've been given this program as a gift. God gave this to me. And, and I don't need to spoil that gift by going out into the world trying to make myself right at the expense of other people and causing pain and turmoil. So the action that's critical here, and I think that's the key word is action, is you bring this up to a spo your sponsor and say, hey, you know, I, I think I need to make this amends. And then they'll walk you through. They'll Hopefully they'll know. You know, because again, we are here to, to love, to tolerate other people, to, to show kindness and, and all of these things. And we can't do that if we're mistakenly causing more harm by, you know, telling people things um, that they may, may or may not even know. There's, a, there's another part of that, and that is the living amends. And a lot of times, if you have situations, like I've run into situations where serious harm was done, big time harm, and I never recommend somebody bring that up to another person. Even if they've done harm that they should, uh, that they deserve to make an amends for, like they've hurt someone in a, in a very bad way, it's not their job to go and hurt that person again. In those kind of situations where really bad harms were done, um, I generally will have somebody write a letter, be ready for that subject to come up. If God has that subject to come up with that person, be ready to make amends. But don't go hurting somebody again that, that you may have hurt uh, in the past. And, and we're talking about extreme, you know, molestation kind of things, the things that are really, really bad. We don't want to bring that back up to another you know, suffering person and cause additional harm. I hope that's answered your question. Thanks, Chuck. Amy? 
Thanks, Daisy. And thank you, Elena, Team Monday. Thank you for your service. Um, Amy B, compulsive overeater, living in a recovered state today. Chuck, thank you so much for your service today. And thank you especially for, for, for modeling that you do what you need to do to keep your commitments. That is beautiful and um, inspiring. And I really am grateful for that example. So I want to, I want to thank you for that. And also just for everything you said, which was amazing. I took so many notes. Um, Words come cheap. I can make a beautiful apology, very heartfelt with very beautiful words. And if I don't match it with my deeds, with my, then it's, then it's, almost worse than not having made, maybe it's even worse than having not made the apology um, at all. Um, and, and, you know, don't repeat the same mistakes. The real work is not to do the things anymore. Um, amend, amendment, an amendment is a change. Doesn't mean apology. Amendment means change, a changed behavior. Um, and that's, that takes a lot of humility, which, you know, we six and seven lead right in with the humility to get us ready to do the work that needs to be done. Um, and, and when you said, just make sure you forgive others, that's the key. I want to thank you for that also, because that's, um, that's very, um, it, it, is, it is the work of humility and it is what causes transformation. And um, I I was just really very, very moved by your whole share tonight. Thank you so much for the service that you've done. I pass. Thank you, Amy. Leslie, please go ahead. Hi, thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Chuck. And uh, I haven't heard you before, so it was really uh, great to hear your insight on eight and nine. Um, I, after listening to you, I... um, I, in this abstinence, uh, things are coming up for me that haven't come up in previous iterations. And um, this particular amend is a 40-year-old amend. And um, it's, I've never thought of making this amends. It's a financial amends. It just hasn't occurred to me. And I was released from this, amend, this uh, debt um, 20 years ago. And I literally tucked it away, but in this abstinence, it's on my mind every day. And when I wake up in the night and uh, so I reached out to my friend, she lives in France and I asked her for her address um, because I, 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 I have to make this amends. And so my question is, is, and I haven't uh, spoken to my sponsor yet about this because um, it didn't come, we're, we're, we're involved in so many things, getting to know each other that I, uh, I haven't mentioned it, but I, I will mention it uh, Wednesday morning, but could you tell me um, what your experience is with financial amends and um, let me know how you uh, have, processed your amends that were financial? Thank you so much. Hey, Leslie, that was a great question. Um, I'm gonna say that every time, just so y'all know, I'm gonna say these are all great questions, but no, I do think this is a good question. 
So if I understood your story correctly, you owe an, a financial amends, and the person was kind enough to release you of that amends, but you still feel like it's on, on, it's on your heart. I would be very careful because that may be coming from a character defect driven desire. That's just my first take on it. Because think about it this way. Your friend has given you a gift. They've been kind enough to say, don't worry about it. I want to give this gift to you. And then now what are you doing with that gift? You're throwing it away. You're taking the kindness of someone and then you're saying, no, I'm going to do things my way. So I would be very, very careful before I did that. And I also noticed if I'm being too direct and I don't have all the details, I'm sorry. But it, you've also not spoken to your sponsee before you've attempted to do this. That sometimes is character defect driven behavior. We've got to be very, very careful about that kind of thing. So the first thing I want you to do is talk to your sponsee. And really, the first thing I want you to do is pray about it. The second thing to do is talk to your sponsee. Let them know this is what I've done before I've called you. This is what this other person said that doesn't even know me, but knows how I am because we act the same way. Guaranteed, Leslie, you and I are two peas in a pod. So I would be very careful with this situation based on the information that you've just given. And I want you to think about, put yourself in opposite positions with this friend that you have. If you had the ability and you had the, the compassion to forgive someone else's debt, and then they come back to you later and they want to make it. You say, well, wait a minute. I forgave you of that. Why are you bringing this back up? Do you see what I mean? Yes. Thank you. Very good. Very good. So those would be some of the things that I thought about with these amends. But again, it goes back to, you know, praying about things, having a conscious contact to the best of your ability, listening. And for, you know, that's what a sponsor is there for. Let that sponsor, let them know everything that you've just told me and see what they say. I bet you they may say, hey, what are you doing? You may want to look at this. So, but, but, but the bottom line is, unless you have been forgiven a debt, and that's what happens to a lot of these debts, um, we have to pay them. You know, as compulsive overeaters, we typically don't have the kind of debt and problems that an alcoholic or other type of people or other type of addictions have. But we have to pay them. We have to make that right. Don't take a situation that was made right when you were forgiven of your debt and turn it into another uh, another issue that you need to deal with. Don't do that. Talk to your sponsor. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck, and thank you, Leslie, for the question. Would anybody else like to share or ask a question? I'll share. Go ahead, Allie. Hi, my name is Allie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. It's really a God thing. Um, a fellow called me earlier. And it, yeah, it's just a God thing that I'm here. So um, I'm really grateful to be here. Chuck, I've heard you speak before and um, I feel like I'm in the presence of a very wise man. So thank you so much for your share. 
Um, and I don't have a question. I just wanted to um, share. Um, something about like um, something that I have learned from just your um, you answering questions, Chuck, um, about me. I've learned a lot like so that I maybe don't have to make some future amends. Like I, I talk too much and I, um, it, it's a defect of mine to over explain myself. And um, and that gets me into making commitments that I can't keep, whether it's financial, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, just, um, I like what has been said about, yeah, really like praying about it. Like, um, you know, um, I was talking to my sponsor earlier today about, um, you know, step 11 making conscious contact um, only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. Um, and so, um, that's something that um, I definitely need to work on is really making conscious contact with my higher power, um, you know, in the form of um, whatever form it needs to be for me to, to make that conscious contact, um, because I try to put it off on other people, um, you know, to like be my conscious contact, like, let's do this little uh, book study together and, oh, let's do this reading together and then let's share together but like no let's let's take little Allie and let's connect with God you know um so anyway that I'm just really grateful to be here and it's very God designed that I'm here and I will be back and thanks for having me I pass hey can I respond to that <clears throat> there's something I've learned I'd like to share my strength I hope and experience with that yes please so I'm an emotional person and I think we are to an extent, very immature, at least me, definitely. I'm a guy too, so that doesn't seem to help me very much. But what happens is, Allie, if I'm pronouncing your name right, I'm so driven by emotion that the facts of the situation doesn't really matter. What matters? I feel better. And that's how I live my life. So let's take the instance that I hurt my wife's feelings or I did something at work that was wrong. It doesn't even matter what happened or the truth of what happened. All that matters in my mind is that I feel okay. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to feel better about myself. And that's what I mean about character-driven behavior. That's a defect of character. I'm so willing to just, you know, I'll start things and I won't finish them. I'll get excited about stuff and then I won't complete it. I'll get everybody else excited because I'm feeling good about something and then I won't follow through. And so that's really a, a, a common trait that I think we all have. And I think you just spoke about it really nicely because that's the way we are. We're so intent on feeling good that really whatever it is doesn't even matter. How many times have we had this horrible stress or this, you know, we're, we're worrying about something all day long. And by the end of the day, we feel better but the, the, none of the facts have changed. It was all in our mind. And that's what the steps help us to deal with because that's character defect driven behavior. So that's some of my experience that I thought I'd share because I really, um, I could uh, connect with what you were saying. Thank you. Awesome. I'm glad you're here, Allie. 
Daisy, um, I think we're going to stop the recording now for unrecorded questions and shares. Cool. Thank you.